again, welcome today. And if you have a Bible with you, if you want to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 3, if you don't, it's going to be up on the screen here in just a minute. 2 Kings chapter 3. Uh, just kind of give you a little bit of an update. This is kind of uh, just some interesting information for some of you. And uh, last weekend I was gone and uh, throughout the last week and was in a series of meetings uh, that happened about every two years. It's, it's an event called the General Council, and it's with the Assemblies of God, which is kind of an organization that Life Church were connected with and fellowship with. And uh, and so, um, anyhow, it's just kind of uh, some some neat stuff and, and some cool services, and got to meet some great people, and got to be around and hear some great speakers, and and all of that. And uh, and in and in all of that. Um, uh, had an, an honor last week. I was recognized by the uh, the college that I attended uh, for ministry preparation uh, as the alumnus of the year, and I'm going to be going to the school again this fall and speaking and accepting kind of this award thing or whatever uh, that they do. Yeah, that's kind of fun, and uh, and so. Um, I'm not real one for pomp and circumstance, so I, I, that's my only problem I don't really do real well with. But anyhow, and then uh, uh, our movement also is recognizing young pastors. And so uh, we have what we call the uh, Executive Presbytery, which are about a handful of guys, uh, or could be ladies, it is ladies as well, uh, that actually are, uh, most of which are sitting pastors who are kind of the governing board for the general council. And so... Um, I was selected as uh, one of four guys to be nominated before the general council body to serve as executive presbyter for the general council. And uh, uh, so uh, a friend of mine who actually, it's kind of interesting, we were actually, he lives in Dallas. We were actually born in the same hospital, the same town. Uh, we're in each other's wedding. Uh, he was in that position and was kind of the incumbent in that position and, and really should have stayed in that position, and, and he did, and so was voted in. But it was kind of a, a cool honor, and, and that's for you because I don't just go to those things for me. I represent you, and what's always great for me to hear is, man, we hear what's happening in Milwaukee. We hear what's happening in Wisconsin. Is it as cold as they say that it is, you know? And But we keep hearing things and hearing things of what God's doing, and so uh, you're very well represented and very well, uh, I, didn't, I didn't embarrass you at all this week, I promise. I, I was on my best behavior. Uh, I had to be on my best behavior because my mom was also telling me I had to represent her well. So anyhow, so I'm glad to be back. It was Phoenix. It was 110 degrees. It was just crazy hot. I have never been so glad to fly into Mitchell International as I was this week. And I tweeted about it. I'm hitting the ground at 74 degrees. And people are like, that's not fair. You shouldn't do that. And I went, sorry, losers. You should live here. So anyhow, um, I didn't really say that, but I was thinking that. So anyhow, um, so it's, I'm, I'm excited about being here. I'm excited about being uh, uh, preaching this weekend. And, uh, and I want to talk to you about something. The first part of my message, I'm really going to try to make it applicable to where you're living. But then I want to kind of roll it into the context of where we are as a church. And during August, during the time of the year, this time of the year, I typically start really going towards what God is going to do in the fall. There are ebbs and flows in church and in church life. And uh, at Life Church, it is... A time, a season where in the, in the fall, we're kind of around almost like an academic year. Where in the fall, we began to really gear into uh, people come back. They come away from the cottages up north. They, they come away from vacations. They come back in. They're back in school. And so we see a lot of growth that happens during that time of the year. And then summertime tends to be a time for us to kind of rest and retreat and release. And so we do a lot of that with the staff. I get a chance to do that with my family. And... Um, and so, as, but as August turns around, my mind is on what God's doing and where we're going. And it's some exciting, exciting, exciting stuff. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be exciting. Oh, it's going to be exciting. All right, good. And so, um, 
And so I want to talk to you tonight about digging ditches. I know that doesn't sound real great, but digging ditches, I, I brought my shovel with me, and, um, and uh, we're going to talk about digging ditches. And my, my hope tonight is that when you leave and you go home uh, from here today, uh, and you will grab a shovel, and you will stand arm in arm with the rest of us in this room and, and dig a ditch for the glory of God. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, verse 9, the Bible begins and sets this whole scenario up. There are three kings, the king of Israel, the king of, king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And they're going to deal with this rogue king of the Moabites and King Moab. And so they're going, and on their way there, they decide they're going to travel to the desert of Edom. It's the best and most direct route in order to attack and to deal with this rogue uh, king. And, and seven days into the journey, they hit this problem. And and let's start reading it in verse number 9 and verse 10. The Bible says, So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days, and there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. That's a problem. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Now, I want to make a statement, and I'm just going to give you a couple of statements, uh, principles or, or precepts from these passages. And first of all, when God asks you to do something, His directions are not always problem-free. God's directions are not always problem-free. When God tells you to go through the desert or go through the valley or go this way or go that way, it doesn't mean that it's going to be without problem or without consequence. It doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy. It doesn't mean that it's always just going to be a, uh, you know, just an easy, smooth sailing, just an easy way to go. Many times when God asks us to go in a particular direction, there are problems. There are obstacles. There are issues. These guys have three these three nations are traveling, and seven days in, with their huge entourage to deal with this rogue king, they find themselves without any water in the middle of a desert. How I many you know that's a problem? That's an issue. I mean, I don't have to draw a picture for you. Everybody kind of understands that. And maybe you've been in that situation. Maybe that's where you are today. You're, you're in a situation where you feel like, man, God, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. God, I'm, I'm trying to do the very best thing I, I can do. This is the best route for me to go, and, and I'm doing all of this. And, and, and in the process of that, you find yourself hitting a wall. You find yourself out of resource. You find yourself without the things that you need in order to accomplish what God's called you to accomplish. Can I tell you? Just take a deep spiritual breath. Just relax. God has not forgotten you. God has not left you. Problems that come and that we encounter on the way to doing God's will are many times part of the building process part of the, of the training that God wants us to go through, part of us being able to listen to the voice of God. I'm telling you, I heard this a long time ago, a calm sea never made a skillful sailor. When life is easy, you don't learn. When life is all together, you don't learn. When the money's flowing, you don't learn. When, 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 when the job is just promoting you from one level to another level, we don't learn. When everything's just coming together, we don't learn. But in the middle of the storm, in the middle when your back's against the wall, and the times where you don't know what you're going to do, where you're actually going, oh God, did I really hear you? Did I'm really supposed to walk through the desert? Am I really supposed to deal with this rogue king? Am I really supposed to do this or do that? It's in those moments that God begins to actually stretch us. And in that struggle, he begins to strengthen us. That's why his word says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Why? Because it's in those moments that we find grace. It's in those moments where we look to God. And so I just want to remind you, wherever you are tonight, God's direction is not always problem-free. 
So here's what these guys do. Look at verse number 11. But Jehoshaphat, I can say it, but don't ask me to spell it. Jehoshaphat said, is there no, no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha uh, is here, and he's the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now, he's been in a protege. He's an apprentice. He's not really done anything. That's what they're trying to communicate. He's just kind of been like the, you know, he, he sold books at the tape table for the, for the big preacher. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. And so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now, let me explain something to you, too, just kind of contextually, culturally. In the Old Testament, when they wanted to hear the voice of God, they needed to go to the man of God and inquire of him. You see it all throughout. The kings, they would all find the priest or the prophet, and they would inquire of them, what is, what's, what's, what's the word of the Lord saying? Now, we know the Bible says that you and I now have a great high priest named Jesus Christ, that we can boldly go to him. He's as close as the very mention of his name, that we no longer need a mediator or a man to tell us what God wants to do in our life. Although there is sometimes need for, for, for that counsel because the Bible says there is safety in the counsel of many and that we find wisdom in that. But we don't have to inquire of a person or a priest, but yet we can go directly to him. And you have to remember, they didn't have the Bible that you have in your hand. Whether it's on your smartphone or whether you've got it in paper uh, that you can touch it. That word, that's the word of the living God. And it's God's answers to the problems that you and I deal with. And the story is, the, the, the word of God is filled with accounts. Uh, that's that's filled, filled with interactions between God and between man. But in this time, they didn't have that. So they would go and they would find a man. And they find Elisha, who has been an apprentice to this great prophet, Elijah, and, and, uh, and so they go to him and say, God is with him. Let's ask of him that. Can I tell you, in the middle of all your problems, here's, a princi- here's the principle from there, that God always has a solution. That God always has the solution. You may be facing a problem, but God has the solution. You may be looking for work. God has a solution. You may be looking for trouble in your marriage, and not you're looking for trouble in your marriage. You found trouble in your marriage. You're looking for answers. Amen. God has a solution. You may have found yourself in a situation where, where you, by your own sin, by your own temptation, by your own, the own, your own uh, lust of the flesh and the pride of life, you found yourself in, in tall weeds. God has the answer. He has the solution. I don't have it. Someone else in the room doesn't have it. A doctor doesn't have it. A counselor doesn't have it. Not that those aren't good people. But God has the solution. Now, I know that sounds like a Sunday school, vacation, Bible school, good, pat answer. But I'm telling you, wherever you are tonight, just listen. The Word of God, God has a solution. And we find this all the way, too. I want to also just, just kind of give you a couple of thoughts here. There's always a connection between priest and king in the Old Testament. Priest being the man of God, the pastor, if you would, for lack of a better term, and the king being what you would find as a business leader. And even to today, there's a connection between priest and king. I'm flying back last night uh, from Phoenix, and I'm, I'm on the leg from Minneapolis to, to Milwaukee, which is like 43 minutes or something. It's up and down. And there's a business guy uh, that is, I don't, I've never met him before. He's sitting next to me. He attends a Lutheran church out in Waukesha County. And he begins to talk to me for a few minutes. And we have a little bit of an interaction. And he begins to kind of ask me and told me, you know, hey, I, I talked to my pastor. And we had breakfast a few days ago with him. And, and he starts just asking me questions, which is fine. And I began to talk to him. And, and I could tell he's like, he's like, what's the connection? What's the deal? He, he's curious. 
And I looked at him, and I just said, you know, here's the bottom line. All throughout the Old Testament, there's a, there's a connection between priest and between king. And it's because the priest has something that, that, that the king needs, access to God, counsel from the Lord's word, the anointing power of the Holy Spirit to come upon the man of God to preach the word of God. The greatest single thing that the priest can do for you is to preach the word of God. The greatest single thing that I can do for you is to stand behind this pulpit or to stand on this platform and preach the word of God hot and fresh to serve the seeker and build the believer every single weekend. And, and I said, but you, sir, you have a need of that. But he has a need. The priest always has a need of the king because the king has the resources. Because the kingdom of God is not built just by the priest alone. It's built with partnership between king and between priests. You see it all throughout the Old Testament. And today, the kingdom of God is not built by great pastors alone. The kingdom of God is built by great business people who partner themselves and who leverage their marketplace ministry and connection and in tandem with the man of God and the house of God. And the two come together and build the kingdom of God and they advance the kingdom of God forward because that's the reason why the Bible says that all of us are called into ministry, be it marketplace or be it vocational, priest or king, we're all called. There's a connection there. There's a drawing there. But always notice, the priest is only as good as his connection with the Lord is. He's just a person. He's fallible. He's, he's malleable. He, he, he's not inerrant. He's not God. And, and I, I say this from time to time. It's been a while since I said it, so I'll just say it to you again. If I haven't offended you yet, let me go ahead and just say I'm sorry. I hope you accept my apology because I'm just a person. I, I, I miss things. I overlook things. I, 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 you know, I'm just one beggar to tell another beggar where to find food. I'm not any better than you are. I'm just one telling you. I'm, I'm kind of, the, the Bible said about John the Baptist, just one whose voice is crying out in the wilderness. I'm just one who's pointing the way to, to the person who can answer your problems, and that's Jesus Christ. But I, as with any pastor, I know better than my connection with the Lord is. The leadership of this church, we're no better than as much as we stay with the Lord. That's the reason why it's so important that, that I stay in, in prayer. It's so, so important that I stay in the Word. It's so important that I come here every weekend. And when I open up God's Word, that it's fresh and that's there. Because I want to always connect you to the solution that God has. I want to always say, hey, look, these may be the problems you're dealing with. But this is what God's Word says. This may be the situation, but this is what God's Word says. Because let me tell you, I, I know this sounds like a Sunday school pat answer. But God always has the solution. So they go to this man of God, verse 15, and his name is Elisha, and here's what the Bible says. Uh, they go to him, and, and Elisha says, but now bring me a musician. This is interesting. And when it happened, the musician played, and the hand of the Lord came upon him. Bring me a musician. And when it happened, the musician began to play, and the hand of the Lord came upon him. Uh, where, where's Randall? Is Randall here? Randall, come on up here real quick. Can you just play me some, like, I need, like, some dirty sock funk right there on the, on the keyboard. You know, like, get, I need, like, some mm, right on King Jesus, some, some shout music. Just get it ready. I, I, I need your best. I need your, just your, I, I need it. Because if not, this illustration is not going to make any sense. I'm going to be embarrassed. All right? So, now, think about, okay, so he, you, you, you get all that ready, just start playing, warm your fingers up, whatever you got to do. Mm, come on, y'all got to bring him up a little bit. Give him a little bit more. Y'all like that? Well, somebody call me a taxi. Come on, bring him up a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, all right. That's where I was raised, right there. And they break right into, can't nobody do me like Jesus? And people start, wow, they're running and going and shouting. And you think I'm lying. Now, this is interesting. 
Because when they ask for the man of God to begin to come, the first thing that he says is, hey, before I can give you the word of the Lord, I need a musician. Mm. It's going to help Randall's self-esteem. I feel it. Now, I'm going to make three statements. And I just want you to hear no, no music on these three, first three statements, right? And then we're going to talk about and then we're going to do it, right? You should get it all ready. Get the fingers nibble, all that stuff. All right. I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to look right here in this camera. You can do it. God will help you. You're an overcomer. Nobody clapped for that at all. Nobody got excited about that at all. It was flat. Now, let's do it with the musician. So go ahead, Randall. Start it going. I'm going to look right at that camera right there. I'm telling you, whatever you're facing, come on, I need it. Come on, you got to give me some more right there. You can do it. Whatever is happening in your life, God will help you. And you are an overcomer. Mm. Now, right. See, y'all know some of the tricks of the trade now, don't you? Because see, you're clapping. Because here's what happens. You can go and play a little bit during this part. This is what happens. I like that. I could preach like this all the time. This is what happens. God gifts people and he uses them. Just like that. He gifts people. This is what I want you to get. It's going to be on the screen in a minute. God gifts people and he uses them. And here's the reality. God used this musician to, to begin to play. And as the musician began to play, the, the Bible says that the heavens opened up and the Spirit of the Lord came down upon Elisha, and then Elisha began to prophesy the words of the Lord. The reason why we do worship is because of the fact that worship opens that up. There is something about music. There is something about that that changes that, that transforms that, that it begins to open that up in our lives. And, and, and so I want to help you, too, just to remind you, as you come in here every weekend and as you're, as you're involved, to, to be, even if you're online, to participate in the worship because it's what breaks up the fallow ground. It's what opens that up in your life. And then God begins to speak and he begins to prepare your heart to receive from what God wants. The other thing is, is that God will always use a person to lead his change and to do his will. He does. God doesn't speak to committees. He doesn't speak to groups. He speaks to an individual. Look at it. Old Testament, New Testament. If God wants to speak to change in your life, he will speak to you about that change. He may use someone else to confirm that, but he will speak to you. If he wants to speak to you about your family or your home, he will speak to you, sir, as the head of your house. It's not that you're more important. You have equal value with your spouse, with your wife, but you have a different role and a function. And he will speak to you to lead you to do that. But God will always use an individual to do that. Amen? Give Randall a big hand as he goes back home. So Elisha does this, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And here's God's answer, verse number 16. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. That's where my title comes from. Full of ditches. For thus the Lord says, you shall not see the wind, nor shall you see the rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter. I love that. And the sight of the Lord, and he will also, by the way, parenthetical thought, P.S., he just shows up there. He's going to deliver the Moabites, the people they're going to have to go deal with, into your hands. So the word of the Lord comes, and he says, make this valley full of ditches. Let me give you something. If you don't write anything else down, catch this. 
Preparation precedes provision. It's a biblical principle. It works anywhere in any country in the world, at any time, any day. Preparation precedes provision. Preparation precedes provision. God will speak. You may face a problem. He has a solution. You inquire of him, and he will speak. And when he speaks, he's going to ask you to do something that's preparatory to what he's going to perform, to what he's going to do. Maybe extending your faith. It, 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 it may be, it may be uh, making a move, making a step. It may be an action. But he's going to ask you to do something. And in this particular situation, they're in this valley. They're in this desert. They're in this seven days into this journey. They can't go back home. They're already seven days in. There's no way out. They need God to provide. They inquired the word of the Lord. The man of God says, here's what God says, because that's all a man of God can do is tell you what the Lord says. He can't tell you what he says or what he thinks, but what the word says. And, and, and the word of the Lord says, come and dig ditches. Now that doesn't sound real, real fanciful. That doesn't sound real like, um, you know, real, uh, I, you know, it doesn't sound real sexy. I don't know how else to say it. It doesn't sound real like, woo, I'm excited about digging some ditches. I want to buy me a shovel and go to Lowe's. I, it just, there's nothing about that. I mean, like, it, it, you know, like singing a song to the Lord, I can do that. You know, hey, let's have a big feast and celebration. All right, that's good. Good times, come on, right? Uh, uh, you know, let's do something like, I want to, you know, I want to go, like, you know, taking on the Moabites and, like, conquering the land. That sounds fun. But I'm just going to get a shovel, and I'm going to dig ditches? Yes. The word of the Lord says, I want you to get all your men, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, uh, king of Edom. I want you to get all, king of Israel, I want you to get all of your men. I want you to get all the shovels, and I just simply want you to begin to dig ditches. Why? Because preparation, the digging of ditches, is always going to precede the provision, which is the rain. And I just want you to take your shovel, and, and it's a very simple thing. You don't need instructions. You don't need somebody showing you what to do. It's not something super spiritual. And I want you to begin to fill this valley with ditches. And I want you to begin to dig every ditch that you can. I want you to fill every square inch with, these, with, with ditches. I want you to dig a ditch and dig another ditch and dig a ditch and dig another ditch. Take a break. Share the shovel. Do what you got to do. But I want you to dig ditches. Why are you digging ditches? Because God's going to fill them. You're not going to see the rain. You're not going to hear the rain. You're not going to see see the hand of God. You're not going to hear the hand of God, but miraculously, because of your faith, because of your preparation, you're going to dig that ditch. And in digging that ditch, you're going to do it as an action of faith. And in doing so, God's going to show up. The provision is always going to be preceded by the preparation. Because sometimes what we want to do is we want God just to show up and just fill the valley with water. We want God to come and just, just bless us and deliver Evian, right, in a water truck. And God doesn't work that way. God always says, look, you listen to my voice. You listen to what I'm saying. I will show up in your midst. And if you'll do what I'm asking you to do, I'll perform miracles. I will do what you don't have the ability to do, and that's send the rain. But you're going to have to do what you have the ability to do. That's the preparation. That's digging the ditch. And I'm telling you, in every situation, whatever you're facing, whatever's going on in your world today, you need to dig a ditch. And you may go, that doesn't sound real spiritual. I'm telling you, it's, it's very spiritual. Because you're not going to feel it. You're not going to sense it. You're just going to go dig the ditch and dig the ditch and dig the ditch and dig the ditch and just keep digging the ditch. And somebody goes, I'm tired of digging the ditch. Just keep on digging the ditch. Why? Because the Lord spoke something to you and told you to do something. Has he changed his mind? No. Has he said anything different? No. But, but sometimes in that silence, we want to, hey, God, to have a lost like cell signal with you. Can I hear you now? I don't hear the voice of the Lord. I don't feel it anymore. Randall's not playing the, the piano or the organ anymore. The, the worship team isn't 
isn't playing anymore. Pastor's not up there preaching agony on anymore. I'm not in church anymore. I'm out here. I'm sweating. It's hot. It's dry. It's thankless work. Nobody wants to go dig a ditch. This shovel is, is, is hard. I got calluses on my hand. The word of the Lord says, dig a ditch. I'm tired. Dig a ditch. I want to give up. Dig a ditch. That's the reason why the word of God says, don't become weary in well-doing. For in due season, if you don't quit, if you don't quit digging the ditch, you'll have reward. Just keep digging the ditch. Just keep digging the ditch. Just keep digging the ditch. I'm telling you, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Because here's the reality. This is the truth of the matter that you need. You don't need another service. You don't need another message. You don't need another word. You just need to practice the word that God's given you. You just need to stand up on the word that he's already given you. You just need to understand that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So you're going to stand there. You need to know that you're going to believe the report of the Lord. You're not going to believe the doctor's report or this report or that report. You're going to believe his report. You're just going to keep digging the ditch. You're just going to keep paying off the debt. Why? Because he chose you to become debt free. You're just going to keep loving your loving your prodigal sons and daughters. Why? Because that's all you can do. You're going to keep digging the ditch. You're going to keep building that business. But the economy is tanking. Keep digging the ditch. Do what you have the ability to do. I'm going to rip this carpet, Vince. You may have to buy some more new one. But we got to keep digging the ditch. And what happens with us is that we just want to throw the shovel down. What happens is we want to quit digging the ditch. What happens is, is the music's not playing, and, and it's hot, and it's dry. And I'm telling you, if you'll keep digging the ditch, whatever it is in your life, if you'll keep on keeping on, if you won't quit, if you won't give up, if you'll just keep on, God will show up on your behalf. And I'm telling you, you won't see the water, you won't hear the rain, but you'll wake up one day, and the ditches will be filled full of water. And it will be enough to supply you and your children's generation to the third and the fourth generations. Why? because God is not a man that he would lie. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that's what he'll reap. Keep digging the ditch. Amen? Amen. We act in faith, and he does the miraculous. That's our job. That's his job. Verse 20 says, and they woke up the next morning, and the ditches were filled with water. Why? Because the man of God? No. The man of God only told them what to do. Because the kings? No. Because they grabbed the shovel and they dig the ditch. They dug the ditch and they kept digging and they kept digging and they kept digging and they kept digging. And they didn't become weary while doing. Keep working on your marriage. Keep parenting your kids. Keep bringing the tithe and trusting the Lord with your finances and walking out your finances according to God's word. Keep digging the ditch. Keep on keeping on. Keep working at the business. Keep working at the place until God opens another door. Keep digging the ditch that he called you to do. Keep applying yourself in school. Keep, keep on connecting and relationally connecting. Maybe there's somebody, maybe there's a, a family member or there's a friend or a neighbor that you want to see come to faith in Christ. Keep on keeping on. Do not stop. Keep digging the ditch. Keep digging the ditch. Keep digging the ditch. Keep digging the ditch. Do not quit. Are there times you get tired? Oh, yeah. Times you get calluses? Oh, yeah. There are times that you go, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore? Oh, yeah. Times you don't feel like doing it? For sure. What do you do? You keep digging the ditch. You keep digging the ditch. You keep digging the ditch. One shovel at a time. One shovel at a time. One shovel at a time. You keep on keeping on. And you will wake up and you won't see the provision and you won't hear the provision, but all of a sudden the provision will be there. 
Because preparation always precedes provision. God is not some cosmic Santa that shows up on your doorstep and gives you what you want. God is not some cosmic ATM that you can just punch a couple of buttons and you get everything that you want. (laughs) There is always preparation that precedes provision. Always. 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 So how does this affect us? I'm so glad you asked that question. God's called you and I to reach the city. When I came here nine years ago, the vision I knew was for Milwaukee. The vision for the people that were in the room was for Germantown and for the Menominee Falls, for this area. But God continues to draw people from the north and the south and the east and the west. People from Walk, all the way up to Kewaskum and Campbellsport. East to downtown. South to Oak Creek and St. Francis. People drive to come to Life Church. Why? Because people dug a ditch. And God called us to reach not just Germantown, but to reach this city. I don't think I've ever shared this publicly. A few years ago, I was at, I was at a meeting. I was at a, a deal with some, together with some pastors. And uh, a very well-known speaker. If I said his name, you would know him. Um, was speaking, and we came back in, and, and the back in this back room, and we were praying, and he came in, and I mean, it was just one of those times where God showed up. I mean, it, I'm not one of these kind of people. I don't like fake it till you make it. I don't. I, I, it's, if it's real, I want it. If it's not, no, thank you. And I was in the corner of the room, and I mean, it was just so heavy. It was just one of those times where the Lord was just really moving. And I began to pray. And, uh, and I was really praying about what God had called uh, Tammy and I to do here and had called us to do and our part in what God was doing. See, when I came here, I knew God was going to build a great church. He was just going to allow us to be a part of it. And there are times I keep going, Lord, am I still doing what you want me to do? You, you, need, me to, uh, you need a new good church in Boca Raton? It's January. I can do that, Lord. Hallelujah. How about... Waikiki Beach, you need a beach ministry, Lord, I can do that. Newport Beach, California, I can, yeah, we can do that. And the Lord spoke very, very, very solidly to my heart. I have not called you to Milwaukee for a season, but I've called you there for a reason. And there were several other things. It was so powerful, I wrote everything down. I just journaled everything. It's still, I carry it, it's on my phone. I have it written down as well. I just want to remind you, we're not here, Life Church, for a season. We're here for a reason. We're not just going to affect this, this area of, of Ozaki meets Washington meets Milwaukee County meets Waukesha County. We're, we're not just going to affect Germantown and Mequon and, and Menominee Falls and maybe we're really going to branch out and touch Sussex for the Lord. Woo! We're going to reach this entire area, not because of us, but because of what he wants to do. But how are we going to do it? By digging ditches. By taking a shovel in hand, one shovel at a time, and do it. 
You want me to tell you why churches, great churches, don't just fill the, 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 the plain of this area? Because it's hard work to dig a ditch. It's hard work to hear the voice of the Lord and there be silence. And to take one shovel after another shovel, one year after another year, one season after another season to do it. And it's much easier to quit and to go home and to go to an easier place than it is to try to work this soil sometimes. But that's not what God's called us to do. That's not what he's called you to do. That's not what he's called me to do. He's called you and I to dig ditches in this valley until he fills it with rain. We won't see the rain. We won't hear the rain. Listen to the voice of the Lord. We won't hear it and we won't see it, but he will do it. And one day we'll look up and we'll be, wow, this desert has been taken over by rain. This place that people discounted has all of a sudden been inhabited by the presence and the power of God. And the word of the Lord that he spoke a long time ago is now becoming to fulfill and to prophecy. And the word of the Lord he spoke a long time ago is now becoming a reality. And it won't happen because of a great demonstration of power. It won't happen because of a great preacher. It won't happen because of a great building. It will happen because you and I get up every single day of our life and we take the shovel in one hand and we dig the ditch another day for the kingdom. And we dig the ditch another day for the kingdom. And you go, that's hard work. Yeah, it is, pastor. But I'm telling you, we're going to dig it and we're going to dig it. Why? Because we know that God's going to show up, that God's going to move and that God's going to to, to work in our behalf because our preparation is going to precede the provision that he has. God didn't call you and I here. He didn't call this church here for, for a season, but for a reason. Last year, we dug a ditch called the West Campus. Those of you that are watching at the West Campus, you are a fulfillment. You are the water. You are the rain. You are the miraculous provision from a ditch that was built, the ditch that was dug last fall. Our 10-year anniversary, we were at Germantown High School. We packed out that high school auditorium and we lifted high the name of Jesus and we took a special miracle offering. And the amount of money that came in that offering was the amount of money that we needed to dig the ditch called the West Campus. And we dug that ditch 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 and we dug that ditch. And today, listen to me, today there's not a weekend that goes by that people don't come to faith in Christ on the West Campus. Today there aren't, there's not a weekend that doesn't come by that there aren't guests that come there on the West Campus. Two weeks ago, I was there for a weekend, and, I, and I, I was just talking to people after the service, and I met this one gentleman, his family, they were there, and, and he's in technologies, and, and I began to talk to him, and, um, and you know, how did you come? Well, I was invited by someone in the church, and, and we were just kind of not really going, and we were just kind of on the fringes, and, and why did you stay? He said, because I'm in technology, and, and I see video, and I see all the technological components, and, and I think to myself, I sit, I sit in church, and I've sat in church and thought, why don't we leverage this? Why don't we use this? Why don't we do this? And, and, and I came here, and all of a sudden, I see the fulfillment of everything that I can't, that I think can be. And everything that I think should be. And my wife and I, we're going to be in Life Track. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're going to be there. We're going to be involved. This is our church. And so thankful that you made a decision, Pastor Aaron. So thankful that you and the Life Church made a decision to plant a West Campus, to leverage technology, and to do this. This is phenomenal. I love this church. I'm telling you, it didn't happen because of a great preacher, it didn't happen because of great facilities. It didn't happen because of great marketing campaigns. It happened because we decided to dig a ditch. The next 12 months, we'll build out this current facility. We're working. We're in meetings. We're meeting with contractors. We're meeting with the architects. We're working through with the city. We're doing this. And, and we're doing this because the current building that we have is full. Let me tell you, in the last six months, there have been 736 first-time guests. The attendance at Life Church has grown 
a net increase by 273 people in the last six months. There have been 184 first-time decisions for Christ in the adult congregation in the last six months. Our kids' facilities are at 100% occupancy every weekend. And so we have to build. Why? Because God has, has filled the jar. I mean, God, God is filling it. And I know we look around and it's been in summertime, but there are services that are so packed, uh, even in, sometimes during the summer, that we don't have room to facilitate everybody. We, 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 we've got to dig a ditch. We, we've got to expand, and we, we've got to do that. And it's not about buildings. It's about seats. It's about seats. It's about people that have yet to come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's, it's about people like Tom Butenhoff, who gave his life to Jesus Christ in his mid-50s. Where would he have been without a church like this? I'll tell you, lost in eternity. But you decided to dig a ditch. You decided to plant a church. You decided to partner. We decided to go into the highways and the byways and the hedges and to reach people who were up and over and down and out and whosoever will. And we're going to create. And the chairs that you're sitting in were provided for by people that believed that God wanted to do and that God would do. And so they bought a chair for themselves and they bought, they bought a chair for someone. And I asked people, if you're single, buy two chairs. If you're a family of two, buy four chairs. If you're a family of four, buy eight chairs. Believe. If you have the ability to buy more, buy more. But the chairs that you're sitting in in this room on the Germantown campus were provided for because people who believed that there were people yet to come to faith in Christ, people who were yet to come to this faith community would come here. And so now these chairs have been filled. So we've got to add more and we've got to continue to do more because there are seats that we've got to, we've got to reach. So in the next 12 months, they're telling us that we should be digging dirt by this time next year. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. They're saying within 8 to, tw- eight to 10 months, we should be in a brand new facility. That's Easter, 18 months from now. I, I'm just telling you, and it's not going to happen. It's going to happen because we're digging a ditch. We're doing it. And you go, but it, no, it's people. <laughs> it's people. Don't ever think it's bricks and sticks. We're not investing in buildings. We're investing in opportunities and places for people to be able to, to come. And so it's going to happen the next six months. Prime is at $355,000. That's the payoff of this shopping center. That's what we left. Oh, and you mean, that's a lot of money. Folks, we've already paid 80% of it. This is the last 20, 20%. And so in the next six months, <clears throat> the ditch we're going to dig is paying the rest of that off. And, 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 and again, it's going to be by people being faithful with Prime 29, people being faithful every week, people that have given that will give more, people that God has blessed that will be able to do more. For some of you, you have the ability to write checks that are, are 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 or maybe $100,000. But I believe by the year's end that we will see God work through us to do that. How will it be accomplished? God's not going to show up and pay the bill. It's going to be because we're going to dig the ditch. We're going to give. We're going to do what we have in our hands to do. What other ditches are we going to dig? I'm so glad you asked. In the next 30 days, you'll be getting all this information, but I'm letting it let you know here first. We're adding a new service. We're going to four weekend services at the Germantown campus. We're going to start a new Saturday night service. So there'll be a 4.30 Saturday night and a 6 o'clock Saturday night. Remember, preparation always precedes provision. 
We're going to believe that we're going to continue to do it. We've looked at it. We've looked at it every which way but loose. And we feel like a 4.30 service on Saturday night will do better than an 8 o'clock service on Sunday morning. I didn't want to be up at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning preaching. Hallelujah. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. And so we're going to go to that West Campus. Just so you know, we're working on a second service venue for you as well. We haven't been able to work all that stuff out. But we are working on that so that we're able to add another service. Because we want everybody to have the opportunity to serve and be served. To be in a service and to receive. And to be able to be in a service and they'll be able to work. And let me tell you something. You may go, well, pastor, it, it's not, we, the need's not here yet. I mean, there's still some room. No, 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 no. The need is here. And, and as we come into the fall, we're going to see another 25% jump. And so we're going to begin to create that. And we're going to begin to do that. And so we're going to do that. We're going to be we're moving our student ministries from Wednesday night to Sunday night. You may go, why? Because there are 36 different school scheduling conflicts on midweek that we avoid if we move it to Sunday night. So we're going to put everything together for junior high and senior high. are going to have two separate services. But, they're gonna, but while one's doing life group, the other one will be having service. When one's having service, the other one will be doing life group. So if you have a junior high and a senior high student, you'll be able to drop them off and pick them up at the same time. And for all those parents that live more than five minutes away from the church, thank the Lord. Hallelujah. You can thank me later. And, and, and so we're going to do that. But we're going to be able to utilize all of our facilities to be able to do that on on. on um, on, on, uh, on Sunday nights, so we're going to move that from midweek to Sunday night so that we don't, because here's the deal is, I don't want a student to have to choose between sports or between band or choir in church. That's not fair. I wouldn't want to be done that way. You wouldn't want to be done that way. And the world that we live in is so 24-7 that Wednesday nights, there's football practice, there's hockey practice, there's soccer games, there's midweek basketball games, there's choir concerts, band concerts, this concert, that concert, there's underwater basket weaving events. There's all kinds of stuff that's happening. And so we're just going to say, we're going to take it out and we're going to put it on Sunday evening and we're just going to utilize the entire facility that we have here for students. Amen. So we're going to do that. And for, and for children on midweek, we're going we're gonna to move all of our focus, even with Life Kids, away from midweek to completely on the weekends because we want parents. One of the things that we're noticing is that you don't have the time with your kids to be the spiritual champions that God's called you to be. So what Pastor Kevin Gineer is working on and what we're working together with is to create an online venue so that we'll, you'll be able to simply get online, get all the information, the devotional, the activity, the games, and everything that sets you as mom and dad up to be the spiritual champion, to have have a night at home with your kids so that we as a church are not competing for that time. And so we're going to move everything to focus where it's on, uh, on, on the weekend for Life Kids. And again, you're going to be getting all this information. Why? Because we're digging ditches. Why? Because what worked yesterday doesn't work today. Why? Because we've got to constantly be fluid and changing. And we've got to constantly stay up with where things are going. And so we're going to continue to do this in the next 30 days. Today, let me talk about the ditches that we're dig- digging today. Because we need water today. Here's what I need you to do today. I need 150 of you to move or to commit to a Saturday night service. Maybe this is just something you do occasionally. You're here uh, on a Saturday night. You come to a Saturday night service occasionally. Or maybe, you know, whatever. I need you to commit to a Saturday night service. I need 150 people to commit, especially those with life kids, age children, whether it's early childhood or elementary. I need you to commit. Why? Because we need to make room. I can fill an 11 o'clock service a hundred times over. But I need committed Christ followers to say, hey, I will make a decision that we're going to worship God on Saturday night. I need you to do this. Worship God on Saturday nights. I need you to stay home on Sunday mornings. Now tell me if you ever had a pastor tell you that before. (laughs) You're welcome. Right? I'm just telling you. I would love to join you. I've even thought about it. I'm just going to make Sunday morning video venue and I'll preach live on Saturday night and I will be at Cracker Barrel. You know? Don't tempt me. So I'm just saying, 
Saturday night, we'll do a 4.30 service and a 6 o'clock service. We, we, we've talked to parents with small kids and families, and this gives people an opportunity to be able to come to church and to go to dinner or to have dinner and then go to church, and it's not an awkward time. So I need 150 people to do that. Thank you. I see those hands. I need 100 of you to commit to serve and be served and to sign up for LifeTrack today. I'm just going to make some... I'm, I'm getting into the, to the, to the tense part of my message, and I'm wrapping it up. I look at the time. They're flashing at me in the back. I need a hundred of you to quit riding the pine and be thinking, well, is this going to be my church home or, or not? Or do I need to do this or not? Listen, either get offended and leave or engage. Mm, I need to bring Randall back up here again. I need you. I need you to dig a ditch. You say, but I don't have $10,000 to give to Prime. Then they, they, they commit to serving and being served. We, we need volunteers. We need this. You need this. We need you to grab a shovel in a hand and dig a ditch. We need 100 people this weekend that will say, I'm going to be a part of LifeTrack. I'm going to do this. Pastor, whatever you need me to do. I've had so many people tell me that. Pastor, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Sometimes I just don't know what you need because you don't tell me. I'm telling you right now. I need 100 of you folks to go, this is going to be my church. This is where we're going to be, be our faith community. We're going to put our roots down here. You can count on us. We can count on you. We're going to start serving and be a part of that. I need you to make a decision. Some of you have been going, well, hello. Lord, is this where you want me to go or don't want me to go? Let me hear it. Let me tell you. This is the voice of the Lord. This is your home church. Get involved. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling you. And then Prime 29. I need you to give. Those of you that have been given to Prime 29 every week, I need you to continue to be faithful with that. Those of you that have finished your commitment, I need you to ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Don't ask me. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you, I need, I need you to give $355,000. <laughs> ask the Lord. If you need me to sit down and explain this to you, I'd be happy to do that. I've never done this in almost a decade of pastoring this church. I need you to give. If I had the money to give, I would pay it myself. I need you. I need you to sit down with your spouse. I need you to sit down with your finances. And I need you to say, Lord, what do we need to do sacrificially? Life Church, you're, you're bringing the tithe. Wonderful. You're giving to missions, phenomenal. And you're faithful in this, in this hour of giving to Prime. But I'm asking you to ask the Lord, Lord, what should we do? And some of you are saying, well, man, you are crazy. Have you read the paper lately? Have you looked at the economy? Have you even checked out this double-dip recession and the U.S. credit rating and the S&P? Have you even, you are crazy to ask for a commitment like that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Because in a couple of weeks on our television screen, Howie and all the boys at Fox, they're going to be showing Dallas Cowboy Stadium there in the Dallas Metroplex. And I know we're not Cowboy fans here, but Jerry Jones built a $1.1 billion football field in the middle of a recession. I'm glad nobody told Jerry Jones there was a double-dip recession, the economy was bad, and the U.S. credit rating was hitting a deal. Because you mean to tell me that there are going to be guys, grown men in spandex, running around a field chasing a pigskin on a $1.1 billion field, but we can't build a church to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ was the power of God to salvation? 
Mm, I'm glad you asked me that question. You're going to tell me that MTV can give squillions of dollars a year to, to pump filth and to the minds of our kids, but we can't stand up and say there is a God and there is a way and there is one way to the Father but through the Son, and we do that by building the local church? You're going to tell me that it's not time for us to dig a ditch? You're going to tell me that Oprah Winfrey, and I love me some Oprah, I'm not hating on Oprah, but she can go from a single program a week to an entire network where Oprah covers the earth. My Bible says that the glory of God will cover the earth such as the water covers the seas. Listen to me, church. It is time for us to dig a ditch. It's time for us to take a shovel in our hand, whether it means we go to a Saturday night church service, whether it means we commit to ministry, whether it means we step up sacrificially, whether it means we just keep on doing what we're doing. But we all have got to be engaged because we won't see the water, we won't hear the rain, but we will look up and God will perform a miracle and he will do what he says that he will do. Amen. Randall, won't you come back? I'm going to go back to 15. I know I've got to be done. See, what happens in church is we hear a message like this and we go, yeah, I'm going to do something. Yeah, I'm going I'm to make a commitment. Yeah, I'm going to be a part of that. If you're a guest, I'm going a little bit long. I'm sorry, but I, I need this time. And what happens is, is that the music's playing. Go ahead, Randall. Play me just, just real light, just some real soft lights music. And the Spirit of the Lord's here. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we're not dealing with the pressures of the work week. We're not dealing with, with dollars and cents. We're not dealing with schedules. We're not dealing with flights. We're not dealing with clients. We're not dealing with kids. We're not dealing with spouses. We're just simply in the presence of the Lord. And all of a sudden, we begin to say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. Yes, Lord, I'll be a part of that. Yes, Lord, I'll do that. And the music is playing and the preacher's preaching and the word of God's going forth and there's something that connects in your heart. And that is the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, that dwells in you. That's the power of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And it says yes, and you say yes. But all of a sudden, stop, Randall. Monday morning happens and this is how it feels. There is no music. There is no church service. There's no nothing. And we think back to that time when the music's playing. Go ahead, Randall, play me a little bit of music. Oh. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word. Stop. But the kids are yelling. The phone's, the phone's going off. Everything's crazy. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Is that the world you live in? And all of a sudden we think, oh, but I need to do. So go ahead and play some of that music. Yes, Lord, I'll give to Prime. Yes, Lord, I will serve. Yes, Lord, I will do. All of a sudden, boom, Bill show up. Ain't no music playing then, right? Mmm. Maybe that was just a bad burrito. Maybe I just had a little bit too much chipotle sauce at Chipotle. Right? You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and play Randall right there. No, maybe that was the Lord. Don't be discouraged. It's in the silence that the work is done. It was in nights that I felt like quitting and I came into this church in the middle of the wintertime. And I would cry out to God for hours on end and say, oh God, you have called me to this place. I need some help. I'm digging this ditch as best I can, but I need you to show up. And you showed up. You don't realize it, but you were an answer to prayer. It's in the silence that the work is done. 
But all of a sudden, the rain begins to fall. And the valley that was dry begins to be filled with water. And the resources of God begin to flow. Whether this is for us as a corporate body or you as a personal individual or for both, it's time for us just to simply dig a ditch. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. It's yes and amen. I thank you for your people. Lord, these are the finest people. And I don't say that because they're here. But I say that because, Lord, you have done an amazing work. They don't even realize the miracles that have happened. Because their heads have been down and they've been digging ditches. They've been hearing the voice of the Lord and they've been doing what's been asked of them. And I pray for two things tonight. First of all, personally, Lord, there are people in this room. They're discouraged by the silence. Because the man of God isn't speaking and the musician isn't playing. But you're still there. And I pray speak to them in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. That it's the preparation. It's the digging of the ditch that will precede the provision of the rain and the resources. And I pray, Lord, just take the discouragement from them and encourage their soul that in the middle of their digging, God, in the middle of their doing, God, in the middle of everything that's going on, that you are God, that you have not forgotten them, that you have not forsaken them, and that your ear is not shut off from them, that you hear every prayer they pray, every tear that falls from their face, and that you, God, are providing. You, God, are sending the rain. And they may not see it, they may not hear it, but they will look up one day, and that valley, that desert, will be filled with overflowing with the provision of God in their life if they continue just to keep digging the ditch keep loving you and serving you I pray secondly Lord corporately for us as a church speak to us individually about what we should do there are businessmen and businesswomen in this church that have resources Lord if you want them to release those resources speak to their heart Father, there are people in this room that, God, they just needed to hear. It's time to engage. It's time to choose this where we're going to be at church. There's a peace of God that passes all understanding. And I just pray as they check that box and they sign up for Life Track, God, that you would bless them. People that are going to make moves from one campus, excuse me, from one service to another, from a Sunday service that may be easier for their schedule to one that maybe is a little bit more difficult, but, but they're doing that so that people can hear the gospel, so that the church, can, the church won't be limited by a building. God, I give you all of this. Because, Lord, I am but your servant. I'm but Elisha. I'm just one who washes the hands. Lord, speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen.